It's been said that nothing is more financially educational and entertaining than the total financial hour, except possibly two total financial hours. <gasps> you don't mean? Yep. The Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby is now two hours, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Oh my gosh! Great Scott! Learn about your financial power. The Total Financial Hour, uh, two hours with host Arif Halaby, Sundays 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on AM 870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arif Halaby. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Halaby, the total financial hour. Coming to you every week at this time. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, the impacts, the things that can change. Your financial life. Look, one plus one is two. I don't know if you heard that this week. It's an, it's kind of a revelation. It's a new thing. It, it just, uh, breaking news. So, on the wire, two plus two is now four. You go, Arif, this is silly. What are you talking about? Well, let's talk about this for a minute. Why do I say, why do I bring up this one plus one is two when, when it's so obvious? It's like, no, no kidding, Sherlock. Remember that? It's real simple because it doesn't matter what you think or what you feel or what you believe. There are things called facts. And I remember an argument in college many, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, I guess, when I said, yes, there is such thing as universal truths. And they said, no, there isn't. It's your truth. This is 30 years ago. I thought, what are you, what are you talking about? My truth. You would have been great during the flat earth period, right? You would have been wonderful dealing with people that, that think that the truth is relative. It isn't. Now, look, don't confuse, hey, I think purple is a better color than blue or black looks better on you than red. Okay, listen, uh, that is opinion. But as society, we've agreed for, for millennial that universal truths exist. For example, killing your neighbor and taking his wife is bad. There's no real uh, decent society in the world, maybe in the jungles of, of some foreign off land, where you can do that and it's okay. Uh, beating up a guy because you dislike him is still frowned upon. Now, maybe it happens in some places, but it still is universally agreed upon that it's not right. Taking your car, stealing from your home. And yet the left is doing a few things. One, in San Francisco, they're trying to convince you, listen, burglaries, will you knock it off? The guy is breaking into your house. You're, you're just a little bit entitled, aren't you? Thinking this stuff is yours and you worked for it. Come on, says the progressives who live behind big walls with men and women with automatic, semi-automatic weapons protecting themselves. 
Who's protecting you? Hmm. Oh, I remember. It's those police that were defunded, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys. Now those guys, that's for the little people. But who's watching your back? If you haven't bought in yet, listen, I, I get it. Some of our conservative folks think shots, everybody should have their shots, the vaccines. Okay, I get it. Some of you conservative folks think, oh, people should still wear masks everywhere. I got it. But most of you know this is all baloney, right? You understand what is the latest uh, poll was 70, 70% of the deaths from COVID are people that were vaccinated. I mean, come on. You got vaccinated for one strain. Okay, that's good. That's over. And now Delta comes out. Okay, now it's going after people. You, you can't tell me. I mean, just report the truth, right? One plus one is two. Tell me how many people are in the hospital out of how many. We had 14 dead this week. Okay, there's 6 million people in this area or 400,000 people in this area. And there's eight in the emergency room or the ICU rather. I, I understand that's a lot. And if one of those eight is me or my family, it means even more to me. But you don't make public policy based on your feelings. That's why we have scientists and uh, folks that are supposed to be above the political conversation. Right? You have people that are supposed to teach your children and they're supposed to be above any political opinions. When critical race theory comes about, what is it? What is it? What's the job? What is it trying to teach? Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, let's be clear on what it is and what it isn't. Right? Critical race theory is a very simple opportunity for racists to take control of something. I, I mean, okay, it's an outgrowth of European Marxist school of critical theory. <laughs> European Marxist school. Yeah, how's it going over there, Mr. and Mrs. Homogeneous Society? It's an academic movement which seeks to link, ready for this, racism, race, and power. You spent your whole life thinking black is, is uh, the outside and character is the inside. White is the outside and character is the inside. The civil rights movement, movement said, judge me by the content of my character. Uh, find me somebody in Mississippi or Alabama that is educated or in Louisiana or Oklahoma that is of, of their, in the 30s, in their 20s, 30s, even 40s or 50s, who is still this out-and-out out racist. Very hard to find him now. Most of us were educated beyond and out of this mess, out of this crazy thing. Listen, do people still have individual prejudice? Yes, until we die and we're with our Almighty. Uh, there's going to be flaws. But let's be clear what this critical race theory is. It's not the civil rights movement. It is the opposite of the civil rights movement. You see, it sought to work within the structures of the American democracy, the civil rights movement did. And critical race theorists challenged the very foundation of the liberal order, such as rational thinking, constitutional law, legal reasoning, independent and individual responsibility, American choices, and the social life and political structures in critical race theory is supposedly founded upon race. 
which is always the first thing that racists see. The progressives see race first. That is what they identify with. You don't say, hey, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I'm a mother, I'm an attorney. Right? I, I, it was very interesting uh, growing up because I, I had some Hispanic friends, some Guatemalan and El Salvadorian friends, and they would say things like, Arif, uh, it's funny how in the United States when they say, hey, what do you do? And people say, well, I am a doctor, I am a police officer. Whereas in reality, that is not the way they identify in Central American culture, according to my friend back then. He says the way we identified is, I am a father. What do you do? Well, I, I'm a, a, a thoughtful person. They said, what books have you read? Tell me what art. Oh, no, by the way, I make a living by doing X. In other words, the, their career choice, their job, their occupation was not the first thing that they saw. And that was the ideal, right? It was about what art, what exposure to, to the uh, different writings of the day, literature and music. I thought, wow, that's, that's a different way of looking at it because that's not how we look at it. We always say, I'm a engineer or I'm a janitor or whatever I do. I'm a teacher. And somehow you guys fell for this critical race theory, this idea, instead of banning these people and calling them names, the, the racists, which are, by the way, guys, really deep within the Democrat Party right now, not liberals, but the Democrat Party. The problem is you liberals keep voting for the Democrats and they're not real Democrats. They're socialists. But your hate and your disregard for the Republican Party is so deep that you'll accept racist and racism and racist ideas before you'll vote for a Republican. Heaven forbid you vote for Donald Trump. The guy who was the least racist person, least anti-Semitic person in the White House in probably 30 years. Maybe, I don't know, forever, but certainly for a very long time. Here's the problem. They believe that systemic racism in the eyes of critical race theorists, by the way, stems from the dominance of race in American life. They believe that, <laughs> you ready for this? Because race is a predominant part of American life, then racism itself must be everywhere and it's internalized in your conscience. And if you say you're not a racist, it means you're a racist. Do you realize, try to play this word game with anything else in your life. I mean, do you understand this? It, you can't even say I'm not this. The only out is to say you are it. You can't atone for it. <laughs> you, you just, things that you can't control. You've heard me say this before. It's the mantra of my show, at least the unofficial uh, mantra. Don't give me something for something I cannot control. Don't take something from me for something I cannot control. I can't control that I'm a male. I can't control that I am uh, half Lebanese and half white. I can't control that my mom is from Michigan. I can't control that my dad is a, is a Lebanese. I mean, what? Okay, you understand that? I can't. It's not my fault. And it's not my good. Right? I, I, I didn't deserve, I didn't not deserve the blessing of being born an American. I didn't deserve the blessing of being born in the Lebanese culture. I didn't do anything for it. Now, do I cherish it? Do I uh, honor it? Do I let my parents down? Or do I reward myself for something I cannot control? 
right? That's what movie stars and celebrities. Oh, do you know who my father is? My father is Brad Pitt or or uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my mother is uh, Catherine Hepburn. So you must give me things. Right. My, my father is Michael Jackson. So you're supposed to treat me this way. Folks, you can't control that. You deserve nothing for something you can't control. Now, listen, you shouldn't be punished for something you can't control, right? I mean, that's clear. You shouldn't have something taken away from you for something you can't control. But critical race theory has entered our, not just our schools and our education system, but it's entering our economics. There are now Fortune 500 companies who are teaching this baloney, separating employees by race, when they got along perfectly fine before, and now they're saying, you're the oppressor, you're the oppressed. Uh, excuse me, but but my boss is a black female, so how am I the, the oppressor, uh, Mr. President of the company? Oh, oh, oh. It, it, it's subconscious. I got it. So I don't know that I'm thinking about it, but I'm thinking about it. These self-avowed anti-racists are not only expected to push for equity. Yeah, yeah. When I say equality, I mean equality in outcomes. The janitor should be paid the same as the brain surgeon. The high school dropout should have the same opportunities to be a mechanical engineer and build that road and bridge uh, as the person who spent eight years in grad school and undergrad and grad school. Yeah, yeah. The question is not, did racism take place in these critical race theories? But how did it manifest in this situation? We're going to think about it is here. Well, of course it is. Gosh. And if you don't think it is, you must be the racist. Implicit bias. No matter what you think, it's automatically there. How about implicit get up off your butt? How about equal opportunity of, uh, I know, uh, stop being lazy? Oh, it's a code word dog whistle. As soon as I heard dog whistle stuff, I don't know, probably five, eight years ago, whatever it was, as soon as that dog whistle corny conversation started coming out, I'm like, are you kidding me? Now you think you know what I'm saying by considering the personal opinions of yourself. You understand my parents said, listen, nobody can make you happy. My parents said this. Nobody can make you happy. I said, yeah, but dad, what about? Yeah, but mom, what about? And they said, no, 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 that's a very powerful thing because also nobody can make you sad. Oh, wait. Yeah, nobody. Listen, don't give the power away, your power away to somebody to make you happy. And don't give your power away to somebody to make you sad. Why do you think Paul, if you happen to to read the New Testament, was joyful about some of his Roman imprisonment days. It wasn't the situation around him. It was the opportunities that presented themselves. Wherever you are, there will be opportunities. In this country, especially. Right? We try to stop the people coming over the southern border. How is this economically, this critical race theory that's permeating everything from economics to politics? How is it impacting you? Well, number one, they're not stopping people at the border. You've heard me say this, and I'll say it again. Who is coming over the border? Who is the Central America, uh, American governments and the Mexican governments purging, purging from their societies? Number one, the poorest of them all. 
Number two, the Indians, the indigenous population. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Liberal Progressive, Indigenous Population Day, no Columbus Day. Why aren't you standing at the border with your hand held out and your palm facing south and saying, stop? These people belong to you. They belong to your land. They are indigenous people of your country. You understand some of these people coming over the border don't even speak Spanish. They speak Mayan. I have been on missions trip trips in northern Guatemala when there were entire villages where anybody over the age of 50 only spoke Mayan. I mean, do you not understand how powerful that is? You didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, yes, it's a thing. They are dumping their poorest people. If you come from Spanish stock from Spain, from European uh, blue blood, and you're tall and you can grow facial hair, by the way, that's part of the, the symbolism. That's the reason that there's a lot of thick facial hair because it goes to show you I'm not Indian, I'm not indigenous because it's difficult for Navajo and Apache and Aztec and Mayan to grow facial hair. The purer blood you are of that, the more difficult it is to grow a full mustache, for example. Sounds corny. This is my Spanish class, high school, Silmar, LA Unified School District. This is what they told us. And because I've been to about, oh, I don't know, a dozen countries throughout Central and South America, uh, it's true. So what happens? You don't want to be indigenous people in that country, in those countries. That, I mean, this is not me speaking, it's them. So they grow big facial. See, they walk around. It's almost like in the military, right? Look at the bars. Look at the stars. Look at the stripes on my shoulders. I don't even have to tell you where you fit. Go to your fast food restaurants. Workers wear blue. Manager wears white shirt. Don't even ask who you are, where you fit into society. Yes. Look at my outside. Then you can look at your outside and you can figure out where you fit. So, who are they pushing across the border? The same people that the progressives say they're supposed to help. And so they permeate this critical race theory into the system. They flood the system with, with uh, low-income workers, people that will work. Do you understand the abuse that will happen by big business to these small individuals uh, when it comes to their, their economic uh, power? They don't have any. So they'll work for $40 a day or $70 a day instead of 200 So who do you think takes advantage of that? Well, of course, everybody does. But big business, why do you think big business supports the Democrat Party? Because these flowing of illegal immigrants. And then they, these same big business people make their employees sit in this uh, training, harassment training or whatever they want to call it. In fact, states like California and Illinois and I think uh, oh, uh, Connecticut, I'm not sure. There's about four or five states. Harassment training is required. In case you weren't sure, your entire life of on this planet, now we must get involved, says the government. Wouldn't it be great if we had two years of no more laws? Just two years, we're not going to do anything. We're not going to change laws. We're not going to change local regulations. We're just going to let people be. We're going to let people grow and become and do the best they can instead of continuing to move the goalposts. 
change tax law. Now we're going to change this. Now it benefits these people. Now it benefits these people. What if we just said enough is enough? No more regulations, no more craziness. We're just going to stop. Wherever we are, we are. Musical chairs. The music stop. But critical race theory says different. It says you have to begin to get aggressive in the business place, workplace. If you're going to be an employer and you want to hire employees, you need permission to hire white males. Yeah. Yeah, Did you know that that's happening? You have to get permission from HR to hire a white male. Is that not wacky? Is something wrong somewhere? It's going to take the courage of the average American and not the crazy celebrities or musicians. You saw what happened at the Emmy Awards, did you not? Right? In the Emmy Awards, the people that we looked up to, these are the, these are the, uh, the leading edge, the cutting edge people of society. Yeah, the Emmy Awards. And what do they do? They wore no masks, no social distancing, no vaccine requirements. And what did they do? Are you ready for this? They made the servants wear masks. They made the servants social distance. And some of you still watched that event and clapped. Because rich people were clapping for rich people. Because critical race theory advocates clapped for critical race theory advocates. They all thought, well, you know, listen, it's all we're going to just get along to play. When are you going to stand up? Because you understand nobody else is going to. This is it. You want to do a radio show? Fine. Do it after mine. Do it before mine. You can stand up. You can do something. You want to take the shots that I take? Go ahead. But somebody has to stand up. Guys, it's going to happen in middle America. It's going to happen where people that say, listen, all I do is go to work. I want to watch my kid's soccer game. I want to help coach my daughter's volleyball game. I, that's all I want to do. I don't, I don't want to get involved in this baloney. But guess what? You're going to have to. Because now these critical race theories are changing curriculums inside of the schools, even at the collegiate level, right? Remember college people? You were supposed to be the ones that challenged authority. Remember college students? You, yeah, I know. It's kind of a joke. It seems so long ago. It's probably six years ago. You were the ones that were supposed to come out and, and challenge the status quo. And now you are freaking sheep. Yes, you're sheep. Where did it come from? Well, partly you guys got sold a bill of goods. You did the student loan baloney. You went in and you paid the price. Yep. What price did you pay? Well, you got a degree in something that is completely and totally worthless in the economic system. Now, you want to go back and teach that degree. You can do that. People do that, right? They cycle right back in and they teach again. They teach to teach and they learn to learn. And surprise, I get a pension and now I'm tenured. And now I have tenured citizen, you know, ship, a citizenship here at the university. And I have a corner office and I work seven and a half months out of the year, four hours. And what do I do? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I have office hours. Oh, yeah, I'm here. If you don't understand, I have to take papers home and grade them. Oh, did you know that? Most people that work sometimes at one point or another, <clears throat> yeah, they have to take work home, but they work 12 months out of the year, not eight and a half. Listen, I love my educators. It's not your fault. It's not your benefit. You didn't do anything uh, good or bad. You just happen to have ready for this. Yeah. A job that gives you eight months of work for 12 months of pay. 
So, okay, that's fine. You shouldn't be punished for it. But you also don't have any special standing in society. You don't have any experience in running a business. How dare you teach business? Uh, Listen, you want to teach English, you better know how to speak English. I mean, that sounds simple. You want to know math, you better do math. How about engineering? Oh, I guess you better learn how to be an engineer. So who's teaching business? Who's teaching the social stuff? Curriculum inside of these places are driving kids into this racist, anti-racist, and because you're white, you have to sit over here. You're the oppressor. Are you kidding me? Did you? Can you say Barack Obama? Yeah, he was the first black appearing president. The first biracial president. Yeah, biracial, guys. He wasn't black. I mean, he's not bad. He's not good. He just, because he couldn't control that, right? So you don't give him something for something he can't control. But if we're supposed to be this big racist society, how did we elect him not once but twice? Put on your thinking cap, guys, because this will affect you financially. You think you're going to retire? Well, it can change. It can change quickly. I'm Eric Hallaby. Thanks for being with me. We're, stay with me, though. <laughs> We're going to have another half an hour. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Stay with me. Triple eight ninety nine retire. Triple eight ninety nine retire. We'll be right back. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm Arab Hallaby. Thanks for staying with me. The total financial hour. Some of you are just joining me. Triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. The total financial hour. Arif Hallaby, that's who I am. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money is always a topic. About how to to take some of the political craziness. And how does that affect you in your retirement? We've seen the push. The push of the political correctness, which isn't even political correctness. It's racism by the very few that are in power. And in California, for example, it's all Democrats. Top to bottom They own the economy. They own the political system. Every good, bad, ugly thing that happens, it's them. When they try to, it's for the environment, right? Go back and watch some of this baloney that they talk about. Oh, it's for the environment. So they banned trucks in California. Three years ago, you can't have a truck in this state unless you spent tens of thousands of dollars to overhaul it. And a lot of small business owners, they couldn't. So what did they do? Well, they sold the trucks to... Ohio, Indiana, Texas, someplace else. But guess what? You need trucks to offload the port. Oh, surprise, there's no trucks to offload the port. Oh, we're going we're gonna to work 24-7 and have these ports. Uh, the workers start taking things off. Okay, that's great. And now they sit on the port. In fact, what, what are they doing? This is happening as we speak. They are taking those, those tractor trailers, you know, those containers, And they're driving them in the side streets, the neighborhoods around the port of Los Angeles, port of Long Beach. Those are two separate ports, by the way. Long Beach is one. The city of Los Angeles has another. And they're offloading these tractors in in neighborhoods, like on your street. There's a big... (laughs) Can you imagine this? Because there aren't enough trucks 
that are certified by the state of California under their new uh, crazy climate whatever, right? The same, the same people that fly in private jets. Go back and watch Al Gore in the 90s. What did he say that would happen by 2010, even 2000? The water, the world will be underwater. We're going to have climate. There's not going to be enough food and everybody is suffering and on and on and on. This was going to happen. So you test them. You test anybody. One of my biggest problems with these uh, financial news shows is they have people come on that give predictions. Okay, Joe, it's the end of the year. What's going to happen next year? And they say, oh, well, I think next year this and this and this. If, If we are going to have that person on the air again, then you go back the last year or the year before and you say, hey, what was your prediction this summer, this year, next next calendar year, next quarter? Was he right? Was she right? Or was she wrong? And if he or she is wrong, what do you do? You say, you, you, I'm sorry, go get a job. I, I don't know. Take tickets at the next ball game. But you're not a, a good economist. You're not predicting anything well. You keep getting it wrong. That's what I would say, right? This is not your thing. Maybe learn how to can. Can jam. That's the thing. That's what you do. But you're lousy at trying to predict economic trends. But instead of doing that, they let them on the air again. Well, what are the crazy climate change people doing? Al Gore is doing the exact same thing. He's running around talking about, oh, now there's droughts. Whatever the problem is of the day, he flies in his private jet, lands, and gives a speech. All right, Al, let's check the last 20, 30 years you've been this climate guy. Let's see. Let's see how you lived personally, if you believed it. Let's see if your predictions came out true. All right, so what has he done? Well, Al Gore in Tennessee happens to have his property. It's an amazing property, by the way. His home is enormous, huge, great. I don't, listen, I want a big house. He can have a big house. I don't care. I have two houses, 10. But here's the problem. His house in Tennessee uses more energy than the next town. Town. His home uses more. Uh, l- let me be clear. Let me speak English here. His, his home uses more energy than the next town. Can you not figure out some hypocrisy? And he flies in a private jet that has one or two or three people on it that has the same uh, emissions as a jet that has a hundred people or 75 people. I don't know exactly. But why, why doesn't he fly with the public? Oh, he's more important. <laughs> Can you say Emmy? Emmy Awards? Oh, yeah, you're more important than the average person. You guys have to fight back. This, this is the crazy world. Because here's what they're doing economically. Because the next world, the next conversation for a while is going to be drought. It's going to be the water. All right, so let's look at the facts of water. From the day God said, let there be light, and he created the earth and the water, or depending on where your beliefs are, from the day two planets crashed into each other and we miraculously became what we did, or from the day that two worms mated and uh, from that we were morphed into uh, whatever. I don't care what you believe. Here's what you cannot deny. The amount of water on the planet today is exactly the same amount of water that's been on the planet since the beginning of whatever time you think. 5,000 years, 5 billion years. I don't know. You decide. But it's the exact same amount of water. It's either in a solid, 
liquid, or gas. Seventh grade, I got it. That means the dinosaurs were drinking the same water you're drinking. That means Columbus, when he came to America and he looked at the ocean, that water is somewhere in our system. It could be in a river in the middle of uh, Haiti. It could be in the middle of the jungles of Borneo. I don't know. But that water that Columbus saw, that water that the Romans saw, that water that Cleopatra and Anthony floated on, on the Nile River, yeah, it's still here somewhere. So what does that mean? It means the problem is not water, it's fresh water. And if the problem is fresh water, right, that's all we got to do. Let's identify the right problem. Then we're solving the right problem. Now the problem is fresh water. Okay, I got it. But Arif, have you seen the rivers and the lakes and Lake Havasu and, and uh, the, what is it, uh, Mead, Lake Mead? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, so let's, let's talk about that. California takes water that is supposed to be allocated for agriculture and it runs it out to sea. That's right. Runs it out to sea. Fresh water gone. Comes down from the rivers, the mountains. Instead of watering the agricultural area in the Central Valley of California, often referred to as the breadbasket of the country, it takes that water and runs it out to sea. Why? Because two fish would have been killed and maybe they are forever gone because it was a species that is endangered or extinct. And okay, got it. So they're gone. Now the farmers say, well, if we have to water our grapes, if we have to water our peaches and our avocados. So they take water that was meant for you and I to drink. And instead they redirect it to water vegetables. In fact, big agriculture Guess what? Big business again. There it is. Those big business people who side on the side of the Democrats, they pay a lot of money for your drinking water. They pay a lot of money to pull water out of Lake Mead and Lake Mono and Shasta Lake and on and on all throughout the Western United States. You can go online, probably find a video of a family that had a wonderful vacation up in Washington State or Oregon, the Willamette River, the Columbia River, and all of those other little rivers. The amount, of, I don't know, it's 100 yards across, maybe more. I've seen it, it's, and it flows so darn quickly. And it's all this water that rushes out to sea. Fresh water, by the way. Bye-bye. So what if we spent a billion dollars, 50 billion, I don't know, whatever it was, on a pipeline that brought that fresh water down the coast of California into San Jose, down the coast of California and had another outlet in Southern California. We'll call it Los Angeles. What if, and guess what, if it leaked, oh my gosh, it was water leaking into water. And the amount of jobs would actually be something real, not pretend. And it now fills up the reservoirs in California. It now fills up some of the underground aquifers in California. And guess what they do? They no longer pull from Lake Mead. Mexico's happy because Mexico gets a share of that water. Arizona, of course, and Vegas and, and Phoenix and on and on. All of those people are happy because there's greater amounts of water. Well, that's a solution error. There's this problem and that problem. I get it. There's a problem. Everything has a problem. That's why you solve it. You're Americans. Okay, remember we said 
Cleopatra looked out at the sea. And so did Napoleon. And so did Magellan. All of these people, they saw the same ocean. So if all of that water, oh, we have to desalinate it. Okay, right now in Israel, I believe there are two, if not three, desalinization plants. Saudi Arabia has at least two. Oman and Qatar and Kuwait. Desert countries, they desal water. That means they bring water on, they separate the saltiness, if you will, and keep the water and send it this direction. And if you take that water, the, the saltiness, and you take it out far enough into sea and you disperse it, you spread it out, it slowly starts to merge back into the water and creates a, changes the desalinization such a very, very small amount. Why? Because it's going to rain tomorrow. And when it does rain somewhere in the ocean, that's fresh water that comes down and makes the saltiness go away. So, Erev, why don't we do that? Well, the energy... There's so much energy costs. Do you know how expensive it is to energy and energy? and Okay, got it, energy. So there's another problem. All right, so we can do it. Now I just have to solve the energy problem. All right. Why is it that California regularly, today, right now, it shuts down the solar plants in the desert between Vegas and Los Angeles? Why is Southern California, why does California shut down the solar plants? Yeah, I mean, they look like they're good. Yeah, oh, look, look at all that tax money that we paid. And they're not running these solar energy plants. Or when they do, they were giving away energy for free. In fact, they were paying Arizona. They were paying, California was paying other states to take the energy, the extra energy we created. So if you're telling me that it's an energy problem, it sounds like we have a lot of energy already. So... What if we just redirected that energy from the solar and we said we're willing to fill up certain aquifers, we're willing to fill up certain dams, we're willing to create and build and reinforce different water storage capabilities in Southern California, Northern California, in Arizona, in Utah, and Idaho. What if we were to do that? Ready for it? It's the final answer. Erev, the environmentalists won't let us build the pipelines, build the land, create more energy, because the environmentalists are crazy, wacky extremists. Not common sense. They don't put man first. They put a fish, a fish over men, and then they blame climate change. So we go back to Al Gore and we say, listen, Al, you told us we were going to vaporize by the year 2000. You told us that if we didn't do this by 2020, the world would change completely and that would be it. So, why do you guys still give him credibility? Why do, why do you still listen to anything that guy says, my friends on the left? Because look, if there was a guy who was giving you sports commentary and he sat down and he said, uh, you know, the... the, the um, the Salt Lake City Jazz, yeah, this is how they're going to play against the Lakers and the uh, the upcoming uh, Phoenix Suns, and this is the way, oh, okay. And they were he was completely wrong. Or you had a sports co- uh, commentator, and she sat on the sidelines of the NFL and just gave commentary that was 100% inaccurate. After a bit, you're going to say, why am I even listening to these commentators? Why do they even have a job in this business? Go do something else. What are you good at? Because it's not this. And yet you'll keep listening 
to these crazy, wacky environmentalists. Why don't you listen to the guys who originally created Greenpeace, right? Why don't you listen to that man? And he'll say, Eric, this is way off the rails. We were looking at global warming and it was this way. In fact, the glaciers are growing in some cases at, at rapid rates. And in some cases, Eric, the glaciers are growing. Oh, environmentalists, Arif, the glaciers are falling apart. Oh, okay, some of them are and sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. We got cooler in history and then we got warmer and then we got warmer and then we got cooler. There's, it's always changing. You let commentators on your favorite TV show give you opinions. I want you to go back and check your mind. Common sense. Critical race theory? Well, listen. They're now saying that your environmental laws are racist. We need more of this. Critical race theory says you judge a person by something they cannot control, their color. Well, that's not how I was raised. I was raised if Jimmy is a good guy, then he's a good guy. We didn't even know their race. In fact, my wife and I were very clear on testing our kids when they were young. They said, oh, I'm playing with Susie over there. Okay, great. Uh, which one is Susie? Oh, she's the one with the yellow shirt. They never described her race because that's not how we talked in the family. Why? Because how I was educated was where Martin Luther King was a man who was a visionary way ahead of his time. What are kids talking about today? Oh, everybody's their race. Put them in that corner. Put them in this bucket. Put them in that bucket. The content of your character because that permeates now so that when you see the real problem, which is their water is everywhere. It's the same amount that we started with. If you can't figure out that race is a problem on one side because you were taught to look at things where it didn't make sense, then you're not going to look at the water problem as if it doesn't make sense. Because here's what will happen. In both cases, we have to punish you for being white or not black. Or we have to punish you for living in an area so we're gonna, or having more money. So we're going to take money from you. That's their punishment. We take money. We take opportunity. We take jobs. What a shame. What a shame to be a human being and be in a, in a job or in a position and not look in the mirror and say, I got this by my efforts. Yeah, there's always going to be, oh, my, my dad's friend is the manager. Okay, maybe you got the job for that, but you got to keep the job. But wouldn't it be nice to look in the mirror and say, I got this job or I received this uh, degree or I got admitted to this school because of who I am, my actions, the choices I've made, not for things I can't control. Wow. Earth shattering error if you're a racist. Gosh, you realize everybody's a racist? You realize when the left loses an argument, it's racism. When the left loses an argument, the water drought, this is the reports now, the drought is racist. That all comes from that same critical race theory. The drought is a racist drought. The tax law, racist. The roads, the bridges, says Buttigieg. The highly qualified Indiana mayor, South Bend, who ruined, destroyed, if you, not, if you will, that city with the most corrupt, I mean, the infrastructure of that city, you could buy two houses for 5000 bucks in that city at one point when he was mayor. I mean, they were just dilapidated. Nobody wanted to live there. Nobody paid rent. Horrible place. And he was the mayor. And we gave him control of the entire United States. What a joke. 
But if you ask him, the roads, the bridges, uh, it's racist. Do you realize how it gets everywhere? It has nothing to do with common sense. You have to fight. You have to run for city council. I'm sorry. You have to run for school board. Yes. I wish you could sit in a rocking chair and watch the sunset. That may not be what God has plans for you. Right? The old story, it's probably somewhere on a on a wall in a tchotchke store. Man makes plans, comma, God laughs. Right? You've heard that? Or some variation? When critical race theory argues that American social life, political structures, economic systems are all founded on race. These folks are the racists. It's socialism. Do you think China is going to sit back or are they going to stoke the fire? Do you think the Soviet Union or Russia will sit back or stoke the fire? If the Soviet Union hasn't been around for 30 years. Yeah, it was a Freudian slip because Putin can call it anything he wants. But he is acting like the Soviet Union. And not only that, but he wants to recreate it anyway. So for all intents and purposes, walks like a duck, talks like a duck. Mm, just could be. 888 retire That's my number. 888-997-3847. Keep your pen handy because I'm going to give it to you again. 888-99-RETIRE. This is going to impact you and your retirement accounts because guess who has the money? You. Either you will have no money in retirement of any significance and you'll work and that's fine if you enjoy life. But if you do have money, if you do have a retirement, even if you think it's small, guess who will pay the taxes to correct the social injustice of our roads and bridges and our water retention systems. Yeah, it's going to be you. And you're going to have to stand up. You're going to have to be socially ready for this. Unpopular. Socially unpopular. Because European Marxists are going to say that you're unpopular. And they're going to call you names. And when you use common sense things like, well, wait a second, uh, Gavin Newsom and... Uh, the head of the California Medical Association. Two physicians, two lady physicians and Gavin Newsom were at a dinner enclosed without wearing masks and they told all of us to. So either they don't believe it or they do and the dinner was worth risking their life. Could happen. Maybe, I mean, some dinners. I don't know. I've not been there. I've heard... The food is to die for. <laughs> Maybe it is. Or they don't believe it. I kind of think number two. Either they believe that our, our entire entertainment system, top to bottom, directors, producers, the movie stars, the, uh, the investors, the supporters, the financial backers, all of these executive producer people, yeah, their lives are with, worth, Dressing up, being on TV, and clapping for somebody else. Because that event, my goodness, that Emmy event is worth my life. Or, certainly not for, you, for them. Now for you, of course, because you're the little guy. When are you going to stand up? 
because somebody has to. You need to realize this. It's not going to be your neighbor. Retirement accounts, as much as you can, start thinking about tax-free retirement accounts. Using tax-free money, whether it be in uh, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, doing a conversion. I think a big step for you is getting money out of risky worlds for some or part of your money that you want to keep safe. That's what we do. We look for reasonable rates of return. We look for getting your money out of the market. Not everything, not all the time. You want to have some in the market, keep some in the market. You want to take a chance and swing for the fence? You do that. I'm, I'll be your, your biggest cheerleader. I want you to win. But you want to take some or part of your money. You want to lock in those gains that you've made so far. You want to take this all-time high or near all-time high and, and put some of that set aside. You want to get out of this volatility, the crazy part of the world. Remember, the word of the day today, it's uncertainty. Political, medical, social, and certainly financial. And really what I'm talking about now is something pretty simple, and it's called uh, uncertainty in the tax world. Uncertainty in the world in which they're going to levy taxes, in my opinion, on your retirement account. Because believe it or not, your retirement account and your real estate are the only two things that you cannot and would not just take away and eliminate. You're going to have to figure out a way to take some or part of your retirement and get it out of the market. That's what we do. If we can help you, we will. I never want you to think, you know, look, the only thing you have in life, the only choice you have is is to be at risk or to be in your savings account. That's not what we do. I might be able to help. 888-99-RETIRE. We do Zoom calls, meet one-on-one. We have a couple of offices, anything you can do. And by the way, you always meet with me. We have a great staff that helps set up appointments and handle some of my back office. But I am the person that you meet with. Arif Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE. You have a wonderful day. This is the Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.